the Barwon Heads Netball and Football Club and the Treehouse at Barwon Heads are very proud to bring you this special episode of The Beach on the Wing. <laughs> COVID pandemic has proven to be a mighty pain in the you-know-what for football. With the entire 2020 season cancelled and Barwon Heads having to wait an agonising extra year to finally unfurl our 2019 Premiership flag, COVID has already cast its shadow over the club in such a way that it already had our attention. Not to be outdone though, Fate had another twist for Bowen Heads and in mid-July the announcement that three members of a Bowen Heads family had been confirmed as positive COVID-19 cases after the father interacted with a positive case related to a Melbourne outbreak and that the primary school and the under-10s footy team were also confirmed as Tier 1 contacts rocked the town, the school and the footy club. However, in the true tradition of a small town, the community gathered together and the football club took a significant part in their response to the crisis. What followed, helped those in need, has moved many who were not and cemented the Seagulls family at the heart of the town. It is a tale that will be told for many seasons and one of the proudest in our history. We thought that we should go straight to the top and reached out to President Tim Goddard for an update on the state of the club in the midst of a COVID world. We hope that you will find this chat informative. G'day everybody and welcome to the Tree on the Wing. I am Teddy Donnell and I am at home via Zoom for this special occasion. I am joined also at home via Zoom by Russell Nipper Highland. G'day Nip, how are you going? Well, thank you very much, Teddy. Um, I'm glad to hear another that. Another lockdown, obviously, but um, it is what it is. We we can do what we can do via Zoom. We can, and it's uh, it actually turned out to be quite a good tool for us. It's a Sunday afternoon, and we're joined also via Zoom from his in-laws' house by the president of the Bowen Heads Football and Netball Club, Tim Goddard. <laughs> I didn't want you to miss out on being treated in this forum in any other way as you are accustomed to everywhere else, Godzo. You may be seated. <laughs> Teddy, um, uh, Teddy, it's lucky we probably didn't do this a month ago because you might have had to roll out the uh, Marilyn Munro classic Happy Birthday, Mr President. Happy Birthday, Mr President. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't his birthday. Just another year old. How are you going, Godza? I'm good, Teddy. Good nipper. How are you all? Very well indeed. That's good. Now, Tim, the reason we've decided to do this is because looking back through the 
stats of the show a while ago. And one of the episodes we did about 12 months ago, I couldn't find the actual date of it, but about 12 months ago we did one where we did a COVID update. And it's still getting listened to, which concerned me a little bit because people were listening to something that was true about the footy club 12 months ago. And a fair bit of water and a few other things have gone under the bridge since then. So we thought we might uh, catch up with you and get another COVID update. We probably should just start about what do you know at this point about how the footy season is going to progress? Uh, like you, Teddy, and for Nipper, we've got no idea what's going to happen over the next uh, month or so. I presume the lockdown is going to continue. That'll make it hard to go on. AFL Bar want to look at options, but you know, if you if you write something down now, you may as well burn it tomorrow. I would have thought on a bit of paper or on your computer hard drive. So, for the folks out there, um, to use a well quoted acronym, NFI. Oh, okay. And we don't know. We don't know. We, we want to play, but we just don't know. I mean, it's, who knows? We, no, we don't know. We hope for the best, plan for the worst. Yeah, yeah. They have got a contingency about what to do about finals. Oh, they have. They've probably got half a dozen, Teddy. Do they get down to the point where they just go first and second play if it's three weeks from now? I don't know. They've, look, they've got um, half a dozen of them. What they are, they haven't shared them with us yet. There's probably no point because I'll change, you know, week upon week, day upon day. They want to get playing, but, but this is a great disruptor in, you know, the history of the world we're going through. And I think local footy is just one of those things that's sort of been jettisoned to put aside a bit because there's far bigger issues at play than either having a kick. But as much as we love it, um, this is a huge thing in the, the state, the world, everywhere. So, And we're just one little local league playing down here trying to do our best and, you know, we're up against a, an invisible... Thing with the ball things coming out of it. It's absolutely a first world problem, isn't it? Yeah, I'd rather be in a first world here than probably a third world somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I tell you with it. But what I'm saying is, like, footy, if footy doesn't happen in the context of the whole world thing, it, it isn't the biggest, biggest problem. Although we will get onto that because within the context of the community, the footy club's still got a role to play, and we'll, we'll chat about that later. Yeah, just on that, Teddy, I mean, sorry, just compared to last year, it's been great to have a kick and do the pre season, have yep. all those. Those 12 games we got through, it's been great. Everyone's loved it. And we've missed now six. Um, we hope to get back and finish the last four. 100% we do. But um, it's well and truly out of our hands. What do you got for us, Nip? No, just uh, we can't add much more to what Tim says. You know, it's uh, the powers that be, and that be AFL Barwon and AFL Victoria as a whole, can't really make decisions until the government, the overriding body of everything, um, makes decisions on what's going to happen. So you can't, it's very difficult to plan when you don't know what's going to happen this time next week. So, uh, I mean, it's just a, a matter of hoping, keeping the fingers crossed, and when the opportunity comes along, making the most of it, you know, getting getting games in under whatever conditions it is. Um, the AFL have proved that. You know, they're flying teams left, right and centre all over the country. No crowds at a lot of games. Um, it's just, as I say, whatever you can get, whatever you can grab at the moment, you've got to grab with both hands and, and use it. That's pretty what, what my view is. Make the most, what's that old saying? Make hay while the sun shines. There's plenty of old sayings, but when things are glum, there's worse to come. Happiness is fleeting with pain and viewers. There's a thousand of them, Nipper. From the footy club's point of view, how, how are we tracking? Like, what? I guess everything's pretty hard to work on, but how are you and your committee coping with it? What's front of mind for the footy club? Oh, there's, a, there's, there's certainly plenty going on, Teddy. So the the hardest bit to deal with, I think, um, from the footy club point of view, is the lack of um, continuance of the season. So this stop-start 
nature of it. This is our second, our third stop start, if you like. It's really difficult on the players. I mean, they want consistency of effort and training to keep their fitness. They currently will have played, if we come back next week, that'll be something like um, two games in seven weeks. And it's really, really hard for the players to keep up and about. They, they will do it and they will all do it, but that is a thing for the club. It's a probably a thing for all clubs that our season's pretty short. It's 18 games and then finals. We've lost six, seven now games. It's over a third of our season is gone. This is on top of a season that didn't happen last year. So that's a really difficult thing for, for the players and for the coaches just to keep that that momentum going because certainly seasons build momentum as they go through. And you know that when, when you're doing well, you want each week to build upon week upon week so you get confidence, you get fitness, you get all that that comes with it. And certainly for the lower teams as well, that'd be really hard for the Port Arlington to go through what they're going through this year. Um, we certainly hope for the best for them. But as for Marlon Heads, you know, we've got junior teams, we've got netball teams, we've got women's teams and girls' teams. We've got 31 teams all up. And all they want to do is have a kick and play. Yeah. Have a throw. That's all they want to do. Yep. And when that's broken because of COVID, it just loses some impetus. And uh, hats off to all of our teams for doing what they've done. We've got the vast majority of teams in the finals to start upcoming, if, if indeed we get there. Junior finals are meant to start this week. Um, we had all but two teams make the finals so far. So with all with all that, you know, a lot of people that just comes to mind, it's just the seniors. So I'm glad you mentioned that that there were 31 flavours going around and we, we actually have to look after and think about all of those. Oh, 100%. Our, our club, we've got, we got um, you know, five senior nipple teams, we've got two senior footy teams, we've got a senior women's, two senior women's teams, and then we've got a host and a host of junior teams throughout. And uh, all but two of those teams, junior teams are going to make the finals, and all but two uh, senior women's teams were making the finals. So, you know, um, and they're in lay some disappointment. If, if we don't go ahead, they will you know, worked hard to get the season up and going and win. And you want to win to give you a chance of winning a flag. And um, and then you get all the parents and sponsors and supporters and, you know, to play last week at home with no, no one there. And Phoenix, you know, echo chamber, Teddy. It was yeah, no good. Yeah. <laughs> it was just no good. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned bar sales would have been down. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was a bit of a closed shop there, never, really. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it was just... Uh, that, I mean, footy, sure, footy's about the players and the coaches and all those, but it's far, far more when you go to any game of footy. Supporters on the hill, people watching their kids play, people watching their cousins, brothers and sisters and uncles and aunties have a kick and campers walk in and sponsors come down. And it's all that. And without that, what is it? Without I, that hole, yeah. what I is watched, it? I watched uh, a game last week, a Ballerine game, uh, uh, that was live-streamed. Coming from over at Drysdale, I watched that, and uh, to say that that was an echo chamber would be completely incorrect. There were quite a number of people there. I was quite disappointed actually in the number of people that were there, given the you know the compliance that we had from our own footy club. I could be more proud of our um, club and town supporters to stay away. Yeah, it was it's, awesome. It's ironic, isn't it? How bad is it when you got to say it was great that no one turned up? Yeah, what's I going on there? I know. Topsy, yeah. Mr. Topsy Turvy turned up, and that was about it. <laughs> might have might have been lucky that you're playing Newcomb too. Um, probably not one of the bigger followings around, and um, traditionally probably one of the games that um, Bowhead supporters might like to miss. So uh, no, I wouldn't. Well. I think that's the, probably the wrong phrasing. I've never Bowhead supporters don't want to miss any game when they came down with the mighty seagulls in action. Nipper, right. if, you have, if you have other commitments, that's the one you probably put a line through it. 
as I say, Nick, there's only uh, nine home games a year, nine Saturday afternoons, really, to come and watch. And uh, you should ink in as most as many of them as you can to come down and show your support. Tim, um, no doubt with everything going on, the committee still have to get together and start planning for next season and not only next season, but for anything that has to be finished off for this season, you know, presentation nights, all that sort of thing. Um, it'd be difficult to do not knowing what's going on, but um, it's, it's a difficult job to also have to raise revenue with, you know, sponsors being affected and, as you're saying, the crowds are now and all that sort of thing. Is there any... Anything different that you're trying? Oh, look, it's um, most of our events have been cancelled this year. But what I'll just digress a bit from your question, Nipper. I'll sort of do a policy, um, get a question and answer something else. How does that go? So what what the COVID has done over the last probably six or eight weeks at the club is really bring um, a good sense of, of community t- together. Um, with the under teen issue we had the other week with you know, young Stewie and his dad, um, Richard, getting COVID and bringing that, bringing that to bow on heads, that caused a major uproar in the town. Uproar is the wrong word. Probably major disruption in the town. The primary school was closed. The club and a junior committee led by Clarky, Damien Clark, rallied around the kids. Um, it was fantastic. On the Saturday afternoon after they got locked down that week, we took them all pies and chips and some Zappos and a can of drink, um, which was awesome. Then that following week, we took them fish and chips on a Friday night to 24 families, 82 flake, 80-odd demis, 70-odd potato cakes, and that was funded by um, probably a handful of people or probably 10 people around um, on the committee and others who just put a hand up to try and help out. A few local pollies um, um, put their hands in their pockets as well and didn't want any real recognition for that. And you don't know how good a club is really until you hit a crisis. We don't get floods or firing bar on heads. We've had very little disruption to our way of life, I would have thought. And this is really coming and jolted, um, especially the junior footy club, but, but to see how the members, supporters, parents, other players, local businesses have supported um, those teams and families in the club has been fantastic. And I know it would happen in other, happen in other towns too, but to see it and to be involved in it, it's, it's been a real shining light on the year, especially in the weeks when we've had um, disappointment of not playing and all that, all those issues with, you know, the primary school in lockdown and those families in two weeks hard quarantine home. So it has been some light on it, which has been good. You can't buy that sort of positive vibe that comes out of um, things that happen and things aren't going well. So tats off to the whole club and the, and the people in the community for, and the business of getting behind it. So um, it's been a positive. All of it, most of our events have been cancelled. So if we if, if we put a date up for an event, we know it's going to be cancelled because of COVID, so we stopped doing it really. Presentation night's going to be iffy because it's on the Friday after the last, after the grand final. We get pushed back too far left to cancel that. The good thing is, crew, is that the tree and the wind continues marching no matter what happens in society. I'm glad you brought up the under 10 thing, Tim, because from everybody I've spoken to about that, I haven't heard a negative word about that. I think it's been absolutely fantastic the way that the footy club stood up and you and your committee and the people who are involved should be congratulated on it. And the great news is, and I heard heard him speaking, Richard speaking to Raf yesterday on the ABC, and he's he's still struggling a little bit. I think I don't think I think he's got a fair yeah. way to go, but it's fantastic that he's that he's out of the woods and um, and feeling a little bit better. Yeah, and the great thing about that, Teddy and Nip, was that 
Oh yeah, first thing I asked after about how was young Stevie and the dad and all that, and um, was who does he barrack for? And once I found out Geelong, I said we can we can we can help we can help here. And at first, like I thought of, I better call Joffa. They rang Joff, and I said Joff, any chance of getting um, Joel Selwood and some others to send a message to young Stewie to say you know hope you're okay and get well soon and all those good positive messages? And within the hour. Joel Selwood and Mitch Duncan had sent through to Stewie personally. Um, we did a family um, a short video on your phone saying that. And I think that's great. And then during the week, Joel dropped over 50 mini footies, all signed by him, to go over the fish and chips. And I think from a little kid, you idolise those AFL players, don't you? And when you get a message from them, it must be so. I think Richard mentioned on the radio yesterday too. How good that was, and that makes you say that this football community is not too far removed from the upper echelons because they all, every AFL player started the junior footy club, didn't they? Yep, that's right. They didn't someday appear in a you know, Collingwood or Kangaroos jumper, did they? They started somewhere. Very important part of life, coming up through a football club. Just walk us through how that unfolded, Tim. For the, for the footy club, I, was, I spoke to Clarkie about it a while ago and it was very interesting how it, how it all up unfolded. Can you can you just walk us through how it was from your perspective and how everything yeah. sort of happened? So on that Monday, the kids went to training, as per usual on the 10s down the 54s. I still find it hard to call it the Village Park, Teddy and yeah. the 54s to me. Not on the 10s training, two teams. And then on Wednesday night... Um, you know, get a message. It's a tier one site because one of the kids' dads, rich in the end, went to a game of footy with a bloke from Maribyrnong. And uh, come Thursday morning, it sort of broke loose with phone calls and the media everywhere and all that going on. So there was a couple of interviews I did. I tended to steer away from the um, Melbourne media outlets and just focused on the local guys, K-Rock, the agoniser, the Addy. And uh, I did an interview with ABC statewide in the afternoon. So we tried to keep it a bit tight on it. Clarky and his junior crew were fantastic with all the kids and all the families. They um, they worked fantastically on that. And then the Friday, again, they getting all these phone calls and messages and just that support, started the rally around the, around the kids. And then we thought what we can do, you know, as I said, we did that thing with the open Geelong players. We planned the pies and chips for the next day um, just, just to give them a bit of vapour rub on the chest, really, just to... So we're here to help. We know that you're in lockdown. We don't want you to be. You shouldn't really be there, but it's the way things fly sometimes. And uh, then the next week we did, you know, the fish and chips and just continually um, tried to make them feel connected to the football club and the broader community. And uh, as I said before, that's um, if something good can come out of this. It's that um, people should know that connection and community is really important in footy clubs and, and efforts you can make, be it seemingly small, it make a huge difference. So, um, and being up and about and don't point fingers and, and to help. So, it rolled on that work. Um, it was busy, but that's okay too because we went into lockdown and didn't we that um, Friday afternoon as well. So, it was a thing, Teddy. We'll look back on it and used to come and say, wow, remember that day? Remember that week? Yeah, we're about to come up to our 100 years and 100 years from now. People will tell that, Taylor. If the footy club still exists, for its 200th year, they'll talk about in its 100th year how the footy club had that happen to them and, and how they stood up about it. It's a very, very important part of the history of the club. 
Yeah, it was so good. It was just, you know, out of, it was so bad yet so good, if yep. you know what I mean. Yep. It was awful that it happened. Um, but Tim, operationally, how did that all come together? Surely somebody didn't just ring the fish and ship shop and say, can I have 40 pieces of flake, 80 dim sims, 80 potato cakes and $150 worth of chips with chicken nah, sauce? So we, uh, and, and they said, well, uh, yeah, it'll be ready in 10 minutes, pick up. There would have been a fair bit of planning involved in that, no doubt. The owners were actually up in Queensland. So young Oscar, who um, coaches one of our under-17 teams, the under-17s team, you know, with Gary. Um, so we did that. We said, I rang Oscar and said, can we organise this for Friday night? We'll get the orders in early. So through the Facebook group, we asked the families what they were after. I then went and sought donations from uh, 10 or 12 people, and they were really generous in putting some money in to purchase them. Um, the fish and chip shop were magnificent, so we got the orders in. They put them all in boxes and bags. I had people, Seagull Uber drivers, if you like, oh, on there on Friday night at 6 o'clock to take them to certain parts of town and drop them off, all contactless because it's all, it was all um, we're still in lockdown, so we just picked them up and then in boxes, dropped them off to the families with, with a local footy signed by number 14 from the Cats. And off we went. So we had it sort of organised um, within a few days, really, um, and it was seamless. You know, we could all we could almost be a food delivery. So, um, um, Tim, for the for the listeners out there that know Bowen Heads, we're talking about the traditional old fish and chip shop in the main street there. Yeah, Is exactly. That, that's the one. That that's the one. Up. Yeah, the main the one on the main street opposite Clifford Parade, next yep. to the um, old Iceworks. Nipper, if you like. Yep, next to the old Iceworks, next to the paddock, the one that uh, George Malakalis used to run when we were boys. Exactly right. The cool losses as well. And the cool losses. I umpired a game. Bowen heads under-19s last week with Stan Coolos. Fantastic. Stan and what a man. What a great – and he, he's a, turned out to be a very good umpire as well and can and was able to run enough to cover for me. He wouldn't have had a lot to compare with. He didn't actually. <laughs> I did a string about halfway through the second quarter, and he just took over. I could have, I could have sat in the coach's box. What, what else can you say? The, the footy club has stood up, and like I've said, I've, I've heard a lot of people speak about it, and uh, you know, it must have touched a lot of people. That that it, it did touch a lot of people who were involved, but it also, uh, you know, a lot of people that that just heard about it, and it's it's made a lot of people very proud. You know, I talked talk to Clarkie and there was there was some, you know, on that Saturday and also that Friday when we did those couple um, deliveries, there was genuine outpouring of emotion by parents and kids, more so the parents, I think, on it. Yeah. Just to know that people are caring about them. And there's really out of the blue, really, some of that, you know, you know, a multiple best and fairest winner for the seniors, you know, physically really proud of what we've done. So it's, it, was a, it was a really good thing that it wasn't hard to do. That's the other thing that I found quite amazing that, you put an idea out there and within literally click of the fingers, people jump on board and say, how can we help? Let's get it done and support them. So Whose idea was it, Tim? A group of people's idea, Teddy, if you like. Uh, that, yeah. that, that means it was your idea, Tim. You won't take the no. credit for it. We'll pass the button to someone else. You've come up with the idea, but you won't say so. No, not true. It was a group decision, group People, we threw some ideas out there and away we went. Fish and chips for little seagulls on a Friday night. It's got your fingerprints all over it, God's heart. <laughs> neither confirm nor deny that, okay. Teddy. Well, people can make up their own minds about what they're hearing and I'll leave it leave it at that. We did make hands hard during the week, Teddy. How's that? Hands hard. 
Hansard. Fantastic. Victorian Hansard or not? Upper House Hansard, Teddy. So probably not, your most, probably not your, probably your most um, popular chamber, but at least we've got to run. We've got to run on, um, we've got to run on Grouse or Shouse, didn't we, you said? Yeah, it's certainly got to run on Grouse and Shouse. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. What do you got, Nip? Nothing. <laughs> Teddy, he's been talking to K-Rock. He's been talking to the advertiser. He's been talking to the ABC. Um, this is nothing. No. We're nothing. Like, he's prepared. He's already answered all these questions. Now, well, look, now, boys, as a, you know, not a very good second flag for Bowen Heads, and you, Nipper, played in the second flag in 93, and Teddy was a coach in 93. Our second players are currently sitting undefeated at the top of the ladder. And I'm certainly, if, 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 if we want a season to get going for them, don't we? Yep, absolutely. So they can, Chance to bring home the bacon. They got close last year in a prelim, but as a as a good Magoos, well not a good Magoos, a Magoos player for the Bowen Heads, um, certainly feeling for them. You know, and the seniors are, you know, rolling on to try and win back to back over three years. Netballers, all netball teams in again um, in the senior teams. Um, you know, you've really got to feel for the players as well on this. All that effort, all that process, and all that emotion and effort you put in, to have it. Squashed now three times. Uh, we just hope it rolls on because of how good it would be for the seconds to hoist one again. 87, 93, and 2020. 20, 21. And you know, even for, you know, you know Billy Pellon, Pete Swinton, you know, the Leary boys. Uh, you know, how good would that be? Um, there's a lot of, probably when, similar to when we won in 93, there's a lot of local kids um, running around. In the seconds, isn't there? You've just mentioned a oh, couple of them. Yeah, the boys. You know, exactly. Sammy Everett, the whole heap of them. Um, just want them all to um, have a chance of doing it, if you like. Have all that effort throughout the year and uh, undefeated. Undefeated, we've played 76 senior players in our in our both of our time, our senior groups. I think about 76. We've had 45 in our seniors. It's amazing the seconds have gone through undefeated with so many players rolling through the senior team. I don't think many, I don't think many clubs would be able to get that done. We've had changes, six, four, six, eight changes in the seniors, basically week upon week, and they're eight, they're eight and four. Um, and then for the seconds to have so much, so many players roll through their teams as well and to sit undefeated on top, it's a pretty good effort. Very good effort indeed, yeah. Yeah. So I've got my hats off to the Magoos at seconds, if you like, a big time. Who coaches Boyo coaches them. Shane Boyington, he's a fireman. We've got a lot of firemen in the club, Nipper, so if anything happens, you know. That's handy. That's handy. handy. Exactly right. Uh, that has been great, a great addition. And, uh, brings energy and positivity and a good, simple game plan for them and, and just uh, that intent. How many league best and fairest have we had in our club? Um, we've had quite a few, and a few of them have been firemen too. I was just going to say three of the three of the league best and fairest medals that we've got: two two with Dennis Johnson, and one with Mark Hildebrand, fireman. Yeah, and a former captain of the club as well, a fireman, father of Johnny the Goose. Johnny Maguire was a fireman. Oh, Maguire, exactly. He was too. Matt McGuire comes down a bit to Bowen Heads over summer. See his mum and hang out with things and brother Benny. And uh, 
he's really invested in the club as well. He wants to hopefully come back down here one day and get involved. And um, so that was the thing I winning the flag was it was amazing how many people, even though even their time at Bowen was so fleeting, how much love they got for the club. And when we did well that 2019, the outpouring was you know golden. It was unreal. Let's hope it happens again. Well, that's the thing we noticed, Tim, because we talked to people who've been at the footy club in the past, and so, you know, we talked to a few of them who we haven't had on, but they all say, "Oh my God, I loved my time at the at Barwon Heads. I, I had a fantastic yeah. time at Barwon Heads." And that's why this this podcast, this chat you do with others and me and whomever, um, is so important for the history of the club because. No matter what we do, the um, stories and memories that are etched in digitally in this forum, Teddy, will live on forever. Yeah. So we know this will roll on with the people who have been there now. And Caroline, it's going to be good. Next year's the centenary, 100 years. We can't wait to next year. Really. Get that up and rolling and get the teams of the decades going and then have a big ball and have the heritage jumper, nipper, whatever that is. That yes, um, yeah, exactly right. We, we might have to get some... Um, Heritage jumps, heritage woolen jumpers, and um, get someone to wash them so that the colour is that. I reckon we'll wrap it up pretty shortly, Nipper. Have you learned anything today, Nip? I have learned. Well, look, Teddy, I've come to the realization, and it's and it's hasn't been that. Big jolt to my um, to my knowledge that the football club. It's just what I've learnt is has been reinforced, and that is that the football club is in good hands, and the football club has the involvement of a lot of good people that make it a great community outlet, and they look after each other. And um, I think that's very important in local sport. And I think we, as a football club, are very lucky to have such a wise man as Tim Goddard at the helm. That's what I've learnt today, Teddy. That's fantastic, Nipper. A very hard sentence for you to say, I would have thought, Russell. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought. I never thought I'd ever say that, but I have. I'll have another red now. (laughs) I learned a couple of things. I learned that Sandy's parents have got an electric awning that, Cuts out the sun. But I also learn it, and I'm the same as you, Nip. I didn't learn it, but it's been sort of reiterated and it's the bleeding obvious that, that the footy club is an important part of our community and and that we've got people within our footy club who are willing to stand up and put their hand up and help out when they needed and that it means a lot to people that they did that. It means a lot to people that they did it. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, did, uh, did you guys see... Andrew Gaze last night. I did. How good was that? That was amazing. And it's, what he said was so true. That, that that victory wasn't born out of the efforts of the past 12 months. His genesis was back, as he said, when his dad started basketball, there's 200 people registering in, in the whole country. 200 people registered in the country. You know, just as our flag last year wasn't born from just that efforts of 2019. It was, you know, it started back. That's why it touched me. You can't you can't do those things. You can't you can't have success if you haven't got a good base and a good a good rhythm. If you like going through whatever it is, you need a good a good foundation, a solid a solid base to build upon. You haven't got that. I can't see things um, doing well in any situation. And um, 
I think our club's got that with our terrific junior program, our kids, our parents down there, then all the netballers coming up. And you know, they didn't look at netball very much, but all but one side's making finals. Again, we rarely have a season where more than two or three teams don't make the finals. Yeah. And we're just a small little club, club you know, perched on the banks of the bar and tea, you know, up against major um, coastal and Geelong population centres. It's so good that we do so well. Yeah. For mine, all that's fantastic. I think that's all fantastic. But I think that the real truth of, of the need of the footy club and the real thing that the footy club gives, gives has been the thing that's been uh, happening, what, what's been happening in the last month or so, um, that the footy club has, has done that. You, you, you can keep the premierships. I think the premierships count for a fair bit and they bring everyone together to celebrate. But what, what the footy club's done in the last month or so has been, um, has, is the thing that will make it great. Uh, winning lots of premierships won't necessarily make you great, but sticking sticking by your community and standing up for the people around you that that's what makes us great. That, that's what will make us great in the future. And I think I think you and your committee should be congratulated for it. I think um, there's a lot of people around around the footy club who are very grateful for what you've done, and I think a lot of people around the footy club should be very proud of what they've done. And I don't think Nipper would disagree with that. No, not at all, Teddy. And I think um, from little things, big things grow. I think that's, uh, you know, you do you do the little things at the start and they grow into bigger things later on. And I, I think, Teddy, I've been reflecting a bit on um, the role that Tim holds at the club and I think he would have to be the greatest person to go through Bowen Heads Primary School, play football for Bowen Heads and then become president of the club. I think he would have to be the greatest person that's ever done that. Would you agree with that? How many other people have done that? I, I can think of one. Who's that? Neville Crease. Oh, yeah. Crease yeah. so, right. uh, runs a close second to Tim. But I think Tim's the top of the tree. But Crease's days are quite interesting, weren't they, ever? And Teddy? They were. I'll, uh, I'll give you another one. I'll give you a uh, premiership captain coach who started at Barnes Primary School. Um, started a lost kick at Bowen Heads, won junior premierships as a player at Bowen Heads and yeah. came back to coach and captain a senior premiership team. Yeah. Number 23, Henry Curvison. And that's exactly right. Absolute gun, superstar, top fella. And uh, and that's why you know having him back here is so good. And he's the best player that's ever played for the footy club. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, Mitch Curvison, he's, uh, he's a credit to his uh, family. And he's a credit to the football club and he's a credit to the community. Teddy, I just realised what I actually really learnt today, and this is an important one. Many people in town probably refer to probably, I suppose, the central part of Bowen Heads as the village park, or sometimes referred to as the cricket ground, sometimes referred to as the Burt Fuller Oval or the Harry Blythe Field. But Tim Goddard still refers to it as the 54s. If it's not the fifty falls, what is it? That's right. There should be a, should be a sign there at the entrance. Fifty falls. Actually, Tim, if you want to know, when the football club first came into existence, the fifty four acres was the golf club. So the first six holes of Bowen Heads, if you like, on the eastern side of Golfing Road, or as it was, 
was Crownland, and the 54s was owned by in Freehold by the golf club. Yeah. And to get that changed, the land swap, and that's why it's never been built on as housing because it was always put there for, um, you know, recreational purposes. When was that? When did that happen? Uh, the, it, um, Bowen Land Exchange Act of the Victorian Parliament, October 1960. Wow. I've got it. That's in Hansard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you go back a little bit further than that to around 1912, when a consortium from the golf club brought the land that we're speaking about, it was 71 acres and it was bounded by Sheepwash Road, Geelong Road and the river and and a line around about where Knox, Knox Drive is. So it was 71 acres. The bloke by the name of Walter L. Carr purchased the land and he kept 17 acres along the riverside and formed what is obviously now Carr Street. So if you take 17 acres off the 71 that you brought, you're left with 54. And the 54 was then sold to a consortium that had started up the Bowen Heads Golf Club and set it up there. The land sold, the 71 acres sold for about 12 pounds an acre, around about 850 pounds. And in the document I have in my possession, the person writes that it's not very good farming land and who in their right mind would want to live on a river? So they thought it was a little bit overpriced at the time. But um, that was back in about 1912, when my great-grandmother's family sold the family farm, the Chalice family farm, and it went from there. And, and you know what? It's still it, – that, that is still true, Nipper. Who in their right mind would want to live on a river? And the reason I ask that because who in their right mind would want to pay $8.5 million for a block of land the size of a postage stamp to do it? Yeah. Yeah, very good. Mm. Tim? Thanks for coming along. It's been really good. I hope everyone enjoys uh, the catch-up and, and the bit of nostalgia that we've been able to share. And you and your uh, committee are doing a fantastic job. I will ask one more question. What's going to happen next year uh, as far as committee and presidential positions and all that sort of thing go? Uh, we'll have a president and we'll have a committee next year, Teddy. Yes. Most definitely. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm planning to continue because I want to get through our centennial year at least. Um, I think that's, I think it's important we have a, um, someone who knows a bit about the history of the club at the helm in our centenary year. And maybe others want to put their hand up and, you know, <laughs> you know where I live. But, um, yeah, I think it's important for that because um, we have been going for a while and, you know, having you and Nipper on board too, and also I think doing the team of the decades will will be a good thing to do it. But no, we're certainly looking to. Um, I'm looking to stay on and just help make the club have a good centennial year and on and further on. So um, that's what I reckon. And uh, we just can't wait to get this year and then crack on again next year. I think a lot of people will will, um, will really like to hear that. So but that's that's great. Thanks. Well done. Hey Tim, when they do the team of the team of the decade and that, no doubt they'll have you know team of players and you know probably a coach and a captain, 
And um, do you reckon they'll have a runner for the team of the decade? Uh, they only do well. See, Russell, ah, when you're in office, there is a, some certain benefits you can get. There's only in one decade that's going to have to run up. One decade will have to. One decade only. Is there one yeah. that's going to have yeah. the water boy? <laughs> mm. Who's the water boy of the decade? Actually, he's the water boy of the century, I reckon. Yeah, I century. Hey? He's the current water boy of the century. Rod Beckwith. Oh, funny pick. Can you be a premiership player and a water boy? Of the premiership day? player and water boy of the century. Yeah, we should know yeah. him as water. Well, you're certainly the water boy of this century. Absolutely, yeah. That's not untrue. This century. Yeah. I don't know who was a better water boy previously. But how does, I mean, on Roddy Beck, how does Roddy Beck, you know, move, you know, he used to come here all the time for holidays, moved down here, married a girl from Ocean Grove, couple of young lads. Played footy, played in the 93 Premiership. You know, his old man, Wally, does the timekeeping in the seniors. He, does, he runs the water. Young Matty, still playing. Young Tommy helps out. You know, so we're full of little stories like that in the club. And- All right. Well done, guys. Thanks for, thanks for your time. You're doing a great job. So are you, Nipper. And you should lead us into the promised land with your well and truly well-known verses. Probably time to pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheerio. Well done, guys. Thank you. Thanks very much. And thanks for listening, everyone. See you later. Damn, I'm proud to come from a small town. It goes without saying that the club will long remember this particular episode of its history, and there are some people within the club who should be very proud of their effort and of the difference that they have made to the lives of some people in a very difficult time. Thanks again to Tim Goddard and Nipper for their time and to you for listening. As I record this ending, the season has been announced to recommence this weekend, with finals being played in seniors and under-19s footy and the last round being contested in junior footy and senior and under-18 and under-15 women finals starting this weekend. But as Tim said, things change. Go Seagulls. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off.